What's up, folks, and welcome back to the Shitake Podcast. As always, I'm your main host, Shannon. Joining this week, this week as always, is my co-host, Mamats. Mamats, say what's up to the people. Uh, what's up, people? Also, this week, we got Mateo. Mateo, what's good? Mamats, you can't do that. You got to keep it real to their mess up. Hola. All right. Okay. Bonjour. Okay, no. No, that's not going to be a thing. Both of y'all can shut up. <laughs> And joining us this week, our very special guest, Natasha. Natasha, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for coming and putting up with us uh, and our, all our ridiculous uh, <laughs> antics. Um, <laughs> Natasha is joining us because she actually re- recommended for us to watch a show, and that show is Onyx Equinox. But before we dive into that, Natasha, she's got the question of the week. So let's hear it. Um. Okay. If you could switch your favorite shonen protagonist to a different character like through their lens who would you choose does that make okay, sense okay one question one question um change uh, from another uh change the character from another enemy oh it can be from this one uh then if from this one if you could switch it to someone else's perspective in the show who would you pick got it so, so basically asking right. who if you could switch the main character in a show in a shonen who would it be so, like, instead of saying Yugi was the main character, switch it to Joey. Okay, okay. Got it. All right, Shannon, what you got? Oh, I got to go first? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since I brought up Yu-Gi-Oh, I'm going I'm to stick with that one. And I wanna, I'm going to take Yugi out as the main character. I'm going to put it in Kaiba. Because... All right. So, well, no, will finish, Kaiba... Okay. All right. Let me finish. Kaiba okay, has a go. much more he's he's got much more drama and ups and downs than Yugi had. So I think seeing what he was going through after getting his ass kicked by Yugi and trying to basically redeem himself across the rest of the whole story would have been a much more interesting story than just watching Yugi kind of go through just stomping everybody. Okay, so will Kaiba uh, have a dark Kaiba vision and a normal vision? No, 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 no. It's just it it's basically Kaiba. the same. It's plain Kaiba. It's the same story, but mm-hmm. I want to see Kaiba's perspective. So after okay. he lost to Yugi, what did he do to recover mentally and to get his confidence back in his cards and his abilities? And then how did he recover from having his company taken over and all that stuff? I want to see Kaiba's perspective from the whole show. All right. That would be great. Hmm. Okay. How about you, Matthew? So now is is the show going to be basically the same thing just from a different person's perspective? Yeah. Yes. So I can't oh damn. Okay, cuz I was going to say uh I would take Naruto, but I would switch it from Naruto to Kakashi. I want to see Kakashi's perspective and all of it. That would, that would be, be boring. I don't I, I don't think it would be boring. <laughs> see, if if we could flip it to where like like it would be the same scenario. Like if Kakashi was a kid, that'd be dope. But if it's still the same, I, I mean, I would still switch to Kakashi because I mean, not, like, Naruto. we're talking Naruto though. Episodes, you know. Well, no, if we're talking Naruto though, we're talking Naruto, where nothing really happens exactly until the end of the show. So Let that's gonna be Kikashi. boring as hell. It's boring uh. as hell, no matter what. No, it's <laughs> not. Kakashi, <laughs> shut up. You can no, suck a dick. Baby, man. <clears throat> 
I want to see Kakashi's perspective done. Sorry. No, if we're going to do Kakashi's perspective, at least make it cheaper then. Is it? Okay, fine. I was talking about the totality of the show, Naruto and Naruto Shippuden. Well, no, because Naruto specify, is different than Naruto Shippuden. It's the same main fucking character. Doesn't matter. It's not the same it's, show. It's the same fucking show. No, it's not. It's the same fucking show. I no, mean, it means that the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings are the same story. I mean, to its core, it's, it is the same. It's the same no. fucking show. You, no. Yes, it is. It is. The Hobbit follows different fucking characters. Naruto and Naruto ship and involves the exact same fucking character. No, and, I mean, it's, and it follows just a fucking roster of it's characters. Just, Hobbit is just the same universe. It's not the same story. Naruto and Naruto ship and follow the fucking Naruto. The Hobbit is the prequel to the fucking up, story. Man. The Hobbit is the prequel to the fucking story. Read a book, bitch. Then it's the same fucking thing. Then it's Lord of the Rings. You answer your own question. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same fun. shit. It's the same shit. Dude, I mean, don't at me, Shannon. I'm gonna at you all day. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> you know, oh, moving man. on. Amat, you over here just side hustling. Amat, give your answer. For I can't. For I, the punch this fool in the throat. So I will take uh, Meteor's crown over there. I will uh, choose Naruto, but Sasuke is the main character. See, that I can get down. Bro, that's way too fucking edgy. That's fucking edgy, dude. Uh, that's oh, my brother abandoned me. Uh, oh, I just no. want to kill him. And when he kills him, oh, I miss my brother. Fuck. I mean, it's far better than Kakashi. I'd rather follow Sakura, bro. Than I follow uh, Sakura. Nobody, ain't nobody. That show gets canceled episode one. All right, then let's just follow like Gara then. F it. Let me see if you right, get abused Gaara. as a child. I was Gara, honestly. <laughs> if we're talking. Oh, oh, what was that? What was that, Natasha? Oh, I was gonna say Gara, but I figured that would be like obvious because him and Naruto's like, for you know, beginnings are like really similar. So I thought it would be sort of redundant, but mm, it would still be cool. I would watch. I would watch it if Gara if Gara was the main character. I would watch that show. Adventure of Gara, huh? Gara Shippuden? Gara Shippuden. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> no way. I'm all over that. See Gara enter Sage mode? That would be crazy. <laughs> maybe, maybe. That would be crazy as heck, yeah. All right, Natasha, how about you? Uh, Honestly, not counting Gara, probably... Actually, if we're sticking with Naruto, I would probably say Rock Lee. Just because... I like that he doesn't have, you know, ninjutsu the same as everyone else. Like, I see. I feel like that's such a basic answer, but you know, I my mean, only thing about it, it was and right away. <laughs> <laughs> After he redeemed himself, the show will end. That's it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it would, it would be cut a lot shorter. Uh huh. Yeah. They will not go to to, to the ninja war and stuff, you know, because yeah. wrongly. Doesn't involve in all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The universe is bigger than him in that way. Yeah. See, but they could have. Well, yeah. If the story stays exactly the same, yeah. But I would have liked to see if he was going to be the main character. I would have liked to see him take up the um, Mike guy's mantle. What, uh, what's his nickname? The Tiger of the Hidden Leaf. Tiger. 
Mike Guy. I believe they call him like the Tiger of the, the Tiger of the Hidden Leaf or something like that. Um, I would love to see him take up his mantle and follow, and then basically follow and embrace and become the next Mike Guy because we see that a little bit in um, Boruto, but not to the same extent. And I want to see him go full like eight gates on on somebody. Oh, yeah. I mean, the moment he opens the eight gate, he, he will die. Yeah, he he well. Naruto on side, he will die. Oh yeah, I understand that, but I'm saying I want to see him like go full. Like he doesn't have to go all the way to death, but he can go to like gate seven and just still I mean, wreck he, somebody. He, he already did that in the Ninja War. I don't, oh, I'm I'm a little. I haven't finished Shippuden yet, so okay. I haven't finished that. I haven't but finished like... Ninja War. <laughs> Hey, it's been it's been like seven or eight years. It's my own fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on, guys. All right. <laughs> All right. So the show we're doing this week is Onyx Equinox at Natasha's suggestion. So the synopsis for the show. The gods are at war for the future of humanity, and an Aztec boy named Izel finds himself caught in the middle of their dangerous game. In order to save humankind, he must complete an impossible task, closing the five gates to the underworld. Izel reluctantly agrees, but only after learning his quest will also correct a terrible tragedy. His journey to become humanity's champion will be one of hope and despair, of trust and betrayal where Izel must confront his own darkness and decide if the human race with all its flaws and contradictions is worth saving. So that's the synopsis for Onic Equinox straight from Crunchyroll. This is a Crunchyroll original. So uh, let's head up to the scores and slogans. Uh, I want to hear, I want to, I want to hear Natasha's score and slogan first. Oh, I had to come up with a slogan. Hmm. Yes. You've yeah. heard the show. All right. We'll give her, we'll give her a minute. We'll give her a minute. Um, Mamats, what you got? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, this is coming from someone who uh, doesn't know anything about the culture and stuff. All right. So my slogan is: um, In the end, humans are just God platings. You know, God splitting. And enough. my score is uh, four point five out of ten. Okay. Um, I'm going. My slogan is more of a. It's more of a critique, but I really shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't critique the show and slogan. Um, <laughs> um, voice acting can make or break you. Oh, I agree, man. I have so much problem with that. I, I'm um, pissed we'll right now. You just pump my blood to a higher level right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I'm going to give the show... Calm down, calm down. I'm going to give the show... I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a solid six. I'm going to give it a six. And you gave it a six. Oh, man. Oh, we'll man. talk about that. we got mm-hmm. plenty of time to get into the, to the specifics. Um, okay. Mateo, what you got? Um, this show, I'm going to stick with them lots. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of ten. Um, as far as the slogan, um, I, I don't know if it's a slogan. It's more like a statement, but it, it was cool to watch something that was about a different culture. I don't really have a slogan though. That is not a slogan. I, I mean, I feel like I, Shannon's that, really sums it up: is voice oh. acting can really make or break a show. Mm-hmm. So now I will. I will have a follow up to that. To that when we get into the actual discussion. Um, okay. Natasha, what do you? What do you? Did you come up with something? Um, 
sorry, yours like totally made me think of other things because it's true. Um, let me see. My rating, let me do that first, I guess. I am gonna and I'm I'm giving it the six, the extra point because of like cultural significance, and I am being a little generous. Um, but I'm gonna give it six, the same as you, but without like my already like interest and knowledge in those cultural little like Easter eggs and all the things going on, it, it would have been a it probably would have been a five to me. Um, but yeah, I'm giving it the six out of ten. And then hmm, for slogan, probably hmm. Sorry, I totally that was the one part I slipped up on. Um I'm sorry, I totally forgot my It's totally cool. You you can skip on the slogan if you want. Is that okay? Can I guess? That's that, the only. That is perfectly fine. That is perfectly fine. We're, we're not gonna. We're not gonna sit here and grill you on. The I mean, since you are our very first special guest, you are forgiven for that. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Forgiveness is not necessary. Shut up, Mahas. <laughs> <laughs> you can shut up with that. Um, all right. So we've got the scores and slogans. Let's uh, let's get into the actual reviews here. So. I mean, okay, all right. Let, let me start. Okay, go ahead. Do go you ahead. guys consider this an anime? Yes. Matthew? I consider it an anime as much as I consider Avatar The Last Airbender an anime. So it's like all a right. hybrid of a cartoon and an anime. All right, well, that okay. is a good answer right there. Well, hold on, because here's my thing. Here's my thing with that. This, this goes back into anime and animation's original connections to each other is anime doesn't exist without its connection to American cartoons. So without American cartoons, anime doesn't exist. So to say that it's not quite an anime, but still kind of an anime, doesn't really make sense to me. Because it's exactly what it is. It's a hybrid of Japanese style and American cartoon. Therefore, it, would, it should fall into the category of an anime. All right, that's I fair. don't see any of the Japanese style, though, in the show. Yeah, I, I agree with Matthew over there. I only see an American style here. Mm-hmm. I don't see any I, Japanese I have, influences in this. Dis- Dude, the, the, the styling is definitely there. And, and the way that the art is done, the way the colors are done, the way the, the way the lines are done, the eyes, which is obviously the biggest thing in anime, is the eyes. The eyes are done. It definitely holds a lot of the characteristics of Japanese anime. Does it lean heavier towards the American side? Sure. But I don't think that that makes it any less of an anime. I disagree, though. I mean... Yeah, I disagree as shit well. Looks like, because... I mean, yeah, it's... Okay. I, I don't know. If you say this is, this is anime, right? So let's say, uh, let's say that. So how about Batman the Animated Series? How about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? No, you think that, those are that is an like anime? Them. No, because they're nothing like they're nothing like Japanese anime. They, they borrow nothing from Japanese anime. They borrow you nothing know, from the hybridization. They, ha- they have the same style lines and no, eyes and these generalizations. I no, agree. they don't. Yes, they I'm, do. I'm sorry. Uh, hold up, hold up. Time out, time out, time out, time out. What version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are you two watching that they look stylized after Japanese anime? No, That's what I'm please saying. tell me. Yeah. TMNT the is not an enemy. The that things you point. said, though, are That's so generic, point, though. But they're, they're not generic. The way that the line work is done, 
is very is unique to that style. When you look at when you look at TMNT, when you look at Batman the Animated Series, those what the way those are drawn are done after comic books. That's where their origin lies. They haven't strayed I, too far from that. It looks different now from say the eighties because they're doing it with computers now. But that's the only difference. Now, if you want to say, well, the CGI looks similar, then, well, yeah, everything's done on the computer. So, yeah, you're going to see that. But as far as the influence that is portrayed in these shows, this show definitely has more of an influence from anime than TMNT or fucking Batman, whose influence obviously and very clearly comes from their comic books. All right. Before you say even more, I need to uh, get uh, Natasha's input in this. So, Natasha. I guess, Do you think that um, this show is an anime? Well, I guess before I make my decision on that is, do you guys define anime as something coming from Japan, not just stylistic input? Because, like, Steven Universe has aspects at times of anime, you know what I mean? But you wouldn't think of that even being related to anime. For example, the new if I'm thinking of the Ninja Turtles that you guys are talking about, there is definitely an influence there with the way the especially in the fight scenes that stuff looks straight out of anime so i will give you guys that one but does it have to come from japan to be anime no ne ne not necessarily but to to some extent it's supposed to be from from japan you know in some ways right but if that's the case then how do you explain shows like what was what was the one we watched got a high school how do you explain that? That one came from Korea, didn't it? Or was that one from China? Yeah, that one That one was Korean, I believe. Right, so yeah, how was that an anime? Yeah. I mean, they, they have all the um, anime-esque. It was, it was anime animated by the Japanese. Yeah, uh, yeah, in some ways. Was... Hold on, say that again, Mateo. It was animated by the Japanese. You can shut the hell up right now because we are right. And I know this show is going to come up eventually in this in our group because I know we're going to end up watching Jujutsu Tyson. That motherfucker yeah. came from China. It was animated mm -hmm. in China. And I know we're going to review it on this podcast as an anime. So if you want to sit here and tell me that the show has to come from Japan, you're full of shit. Cross-trend no, reference not, here. Not necessarily. So they have fact, to be like some kind of... Um, Japanese touch, you know, in a way, in that show. Explain, explain that. Explain For what the, that means. Longest time, people didn't even think it looked like anime, though, unless they had, like, for example, the really popular, like, the whites on their eyes. No American animation did that until more Japanese influence became popular. You know what I mean? So, like, mm -hmm. that's why Avatar looks like, like, parallel to an anime. Like, I'd agree with, I believe it's what Mateo said, where it, it's almost like similar but you still see the more american influence i feel like also what needs to be considered is i would consider it an anime in the sense of if it doesn't have to come from japan to be an anime this should qualify as an anime because the influence is definitely strong enough but to i guess counter my own point is it was also not really for American audiences, the same the way it was meant for Latin American audiences. Because no, almost I don't want to say no one in America is talking about it or even considers, but like the Spanish dub, like or er, experiencing it in the Spanish, 
is entirely different than experiencing it in the English. And that was actually going to, that was actually going to be a question that I had for you specifically, Mm -hmm. because I know we all watched it in English and Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Yeah. Specifically. Okay. Of all the characters that bugged me with it, specifically the twins. Yeah. I mean, for me, me, it was Izel. I mean, for me, young, but sometimes when they made him curse or her, because it's, you know, the voice actor. Oh, yeah. Very forced. It was like inserting cuss words kind of just to, for the edgy. Just to do it. Yeah. And I get it. I think those things are cool to an extent when they're used correctly. But sometimes it gets kind of, I don't want to say overdone, but kind of overdone, you know? See, for me, yeah, for me, it was... The cursing was definitely the first, like, red flag for me when I was watching it. It's like, it seemed so forced and out of place. Like, it wasn't a natural place to put it, to put in a curse word. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was funny the first time they said, where's the fucking gate? Like, mm-hmm. when they're asking the ball. The first time they did it, it was okay. But, like, every other place, it just seemed, it just seemed like it wasn't a natural way of speaking. And mm-hmm. the voice actors they chose for the English dub did not help their case. They mm-hmm. it definitely seemed like they were definitely on the newer side because they yeah. weren't they weren't as like polished or smooth. So yeah, some of them were really static. Um, except for Yaddle, I will die on that hill. He was good in both because he's also oh no Yaddle no Yaddle is, y- not Yaddle is fine. Yaddle is good. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yaddle was the best one. Yaddle was the best. Yeah, but that's for a reason, you know, because he's the only one who's. In both the Spanish and the English. Uh, yeah, Izel and specifically oh, really? always took me out. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Izel, though, um, the voice behind is a woman, right? Yes. So, um, do you know that um, how, how far is she in her career before she uh, done this? I honestly, I'd seen her IMDb for a few projects, but it was nothing that I had recognized. They were, so when I did listen to their podcast, because it does have a parallel podcast that goes yeah, with it. I, I um, can't into it, but I don't have time to listen. Oh, yeah. To, no, because uh, it's very long. It's like an hour repeat. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, they, the creator had specifically said for the English one, they were looking for um, someone who sounded like, oh, Shoot, I'm trying to remember the character, but from Full Metal Alchemist, one of their child voices. They wanted them to start oh, young Alphonse? and later, obviously. But um, yeah, it did not. It it didn't sell me on it. You know what I mean? It sounds like a girl, not a the way that if you're a trained I mean, actor, you're portraying. I don't movie. mind if the voice um the voice sounded like a girl, but if like, if she cannot um fully grasp the the character itself that just take me out of the story as a whole you know yeah so mm-hmm. she has so she has 20 credits to her name of those 20 12 of those are voiceovers almost all of them are video games mm. so we're mm. talking someone who speaks in short burst mm-hmm. and not full interaction so she has two tv series Two cartoon TV series um, with actual characters. So it definitely seems like it's very fresh um, to this kind of space. Mm-hmm. Ah, man. 
Well, and that makes sense when you explain that way too, like of how it comes off. Because video mm. games, is just the like couple sentences at a time and then a break. You know what I mean? It's not having to really yeah. vibe off other people. This way. So that, that brings the question though. So if you are a, a, a creator of a certain um, show or, or story, would you would you risk your story or show um, being ruined by a newbie? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it depends on. I don't think there's. I don't think it's really a risk of like risking it on a newbie, as much as it is taking the time to choose the right newbie because every great voice actor every great actor every great whatever starts off as a newbie the question I is mean, yeah i, I knew that but portray it to right? put to put a newbie as your um, main cast what, is that what, a choice that you're gonna, gonna be? make what else are they gonna be because it's not like she was a newbie actress she has 20 credits to her name she's not a newbie actress the question is and she had other shows and voiceover work before this where she did good work the question becomes i don't know if, if is it's that good the right person you didn't listen to it oh no i feel you on that but the question is because mm-hmm. it's not, but it's not a risk it's not a matter of do you risk it on a newbie it's a matter of making sure you're choosing the right voice actors and actresses for your show mm-hmm. that I mean, that's something that, of that process though Right, but I don't think the fact that she is quote unquote a newbie plays into that. I don't right. think they I don't think they chose the right actress. I don't think it had anything to do with the number of credits to her name. I just don't think they chose the right actress or the right person for this kind of show. Especially something that's so that already has a strike against it, in that it we're talking about a mythos that not a lot of people know about. It's kind of like if I was going to tell a story about African mythology, um, I'm going to make sure I have the strongest possible hand to present this show. Now, I don't care if the voice actor or voice actress is, is relatively new to, this, to, the, to the, the field. I want to make sure that that is the best possible voice actress or voice actor that I can put into the role. And I think that's where they slipped up. Yeah. All right. So how about you, Mateo? What do you think? Will you risk um, your show by picking like inexperienced in a way um, uh, cast, you know, for your story? In in ways, I, I agree with Shannon. At one point in time, everybody is going to be inexperienced. Somebody is going to be a a noob per se. Um, well, what I what I think, and I, I do agree with Shannon, you got to find the right people for the right roles. But it's more so picking and choosing a a combination of newbies and veterans, and not maybe not letting the newbies voice the main characters. Now, in this yeah. sense, I mean, she's got twenty things to her name, so she may not technically be a newbie. I just don't think she was right for the character in this sense. She she made him. And I mean, of course, this is going to be my own personal opinion, but as I was kind of watching the show and, and a lot of the times where, you know, she was trying to convey the sense of that of terror and the fact that he was afraid really just made me come off as, oh, man, he's just being another whiny bitch again. And sorry for the, the vulgarity, but <laughs> I, I feel like she didn't get across the, the emotions very well. Yeah. Of, of Ezel. And... That's really where I think this this show really failed, 
is in those times where, like, when at the very beginning when he's destroying the first gate with, with that, um, destroying the first gate and he's running away scared, he doesn't sound scared. He sounds like he's whining. He's like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm too lazy mm-hmm. to do this. I can't be bothered <laughs> to do this instead okay. of, oh, I'm scared to do this. And that's how it was conveyed to me. I'm really pissed at that situation. I mean, we saw that over and over again. And man, I'm just, I don't know. All right. So, Natasha, the same yeah. question, though. What do you think? Um, well, the question of if I risk it all on a newbie, like that mm-hmm. framing. Because that's the thing that's kind of strange is like, I see both perspectives of like, her kind of risking it on this person. Well, again, she didn't, she wasn't new to voice acting, but I do agree that she didn't, um, at least to me, portray the emotions uh, that you want to sell the audience on. Cause just cause the creator was very happy with it. Um, as they yeah. stayed in their podcast, uh, obviously most all four of us basically agree it to us was not really the right choice because we don't buy it. Like, um, but I mean, I, I cannot get, get, um, immersed in that story because the character itself is not in the character, you know, in a way. Yeah, it's it's um there was times where they felt very well, I don't want to say just keep saying static, but yeah, mm-hmm. it just wasn't always believable, like Mateo said, where it's like, I don't believe you're scared. And I there's definitely a trend more in more recent years of protagonists kind of starting off as like the whiny baby, you know. I don't want to say whiny mm-hmm. baby, but the kind of whiny attitude and then they kind of grow out of it, but you shouldn't be annoyed with the protagonist for the whole first season before it picks up, you know? But that's just me, because right. I left the bell towards the end, but initially I was like, okay, dude, you're not you're not the only one going through stuff here and you guys have a time constraint. <laughs> Sell me on this plot, you know? <laughs> All right, so for me, though, I mean, if they want to fix this thing, if they realize it beforehand, They can make the voice behind uh, Shinostaku. Am I saying it right? Yes. So, uh, the voice behind her and make it the, the main cast. Replace it with Izel. I think that will be even better though. In my opinion. What do you guys think? I did like I did like Shinostaku's voice actress a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, At least was definitely she is more... in, in the character though. Yeah. Right. I, like, I was it, like, that character was that character was never one that I had a problem with or with their lines or their dialogue. Um, the other one was, I can't remember her name. It's the one with the wings. Um, with the wings. Yeah. She's the one from the, she's the one with the, the, from the third, second gate. That is Shinostaku. No, I thought Shinostaku was the one that was cursed. The one that returned to the hound. No, no, no. Uh, that one was the Yanya. That's Yanya. Zianya. Um, Zianya and Shinostaku are the two that I never had a problem with. They're... Yeah, Zianya is fully in, in her character. They, yeah, they never break character at were, all. were perfect. Um, mm-hmm. One of the twins I never had a problem with. That was the one that was the uh, compassionate one. The one that was always trying to like work Not with the Zell. Yeah, uh, I think the Rude one. June, I believe. 
Yeah, it's Kim June. Bugged me Kim too. Is the root one. Yeah, yeah. Kim is the root. Like that character was just like, like I don't know if it was the dialogue. Well, it was definitely the dialogue they gave him. Um, but the voice actor in that one also just it just took me out of it every time. And I was just like, do I have to do I have to watch this character again? Are we gonna have the same argument that y'all had like in episode two and episode seven? Him like Sokka with some cuss words, and it was like, okay, dude. Yeah. 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 That's the perfect way to put it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It was Sokka with cuss words. Yes. I'm really glad I'm not the only one. Three hundred percent. Oh, that was great. I mean, I I can see uh, the characters um, being there to be like a comic relief to the show in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Natasha, um, mm-hmm. I know you listen to the podcast and all, so you know a bit about the show. So, um, is the show um targeted to be uh, English dub first and Spanish second? Um, yeah, actually, that's the part that surprised me because, because I watched it, I've only, I, so I've seen it through all the way through twice, once in English, once in um, Spanish. I saw it in Spanish first. That is what sold me on the show. Um, okay. so English, it was made for English first. And I was like, really? Like it was, it was really surprising to me because of all the gripes we have, you know, with it. Um, but in the Spanish one, it's, it's the one I recommend because it's, a lot smoother it's less forced um that one actually does have some pretty notable or in spanish at least in latin america um notable voice actors um you know that in my opinion were a little more prepared i guess i want to say uh for the material not just for like things like name pronunciation but just you know i don't want to say better actors that's so rude but i mean i guess we can just say it like that you know that were a little <laughs> bit more believable they were better for the roles. Yeah, but the ones that were handpicked, you know, from the get-go were in English. So I, I just, yeah, it was kind of a strange choice for some of them. Um, and you know, I mean, my, my, whole, yeah. hold on. my whole thing is, my whole thing, and that's another thing, with this being, with this kind of story, I'm really surprised that it was, that it was made for American audiences first. With this kind of source material and the following of anime in Latin America, I really would have expected them to target this to them first because, yeah, America is is probably the is one of the number one consumers of anime outside of Japan, but Latin America is a damn close second. Yeah, like it's they like huge. their cosplay scene, their convention scene, is almost equal to ours. So, I'm really surprised that they haven't that they didn't target this to them first. It really seemed like that that's why it was done this way. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Well, and like, like um, oh shoot, sorry, never mind. Sorry, continue. I had another point, but then I lost it. <laughs> All right. So, does uh, or did Crunchyroll uh take this show and uh never not sabotage? What is the right way? So, did did Crunchyroll ever uh make a change to to the story itself? Or uh, Crunchyroll um, just take the show and give a uh, funding behind it and never bother to change anything about it? Um, from what I believe, 
I'm pretty sure Crunchyroll, because the uh, the author, what is her name? I don't remember her name. Sophia, Sophia. and yeah, Sophia. I uh, don't know what the last name. Yeah, uh, she in there. Sorry, I'm trying to remember without taking up too much time. Um, she said that basically she'd been working on this for. I want to say she's had 12 or 14 years. She'd had these characters in shorts and then eventually made a story. Um, and that is what she sold to Crunchyroll. And as far as I know, for, at least not on their part from what they've said, they basically gave them a lot of most creative freedom. Um, but that also means if it's sink or swim, it is entirely on you and Crunchyroll will drop it in a second. <laughs> um, but as far as I know, it's confirmed for a season two or it's supposed to be. Last I checked. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, which, thanks. I think it has, like, the potential to, with what, where they left off. But I don't want to get too ahead if we're... I mean... It's uh, Sophia Alexander. Was the, was the, with, with hmm. the, the, the original cast? No, man. It, 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 I mean, so far it's, it's all gonna... cast. I mean... So, we'll so all right. So, let's move on. Um, hold on, side so note, the, the creator's name is, hold on, hold on, side note, so the creator's name is Sophia Alexander. All right, there Thank you go. You. So, um, let's move on to um, what you like and dislike about the show. Um, maybe um, story-wise, you know. So, let's go ahead with you, Shannon. Um, <clears throat> we'll start with the like. I loved... One, I gotta say, I love I love the fact that we're one we're getting stories from other mythos in other countries. Mm-hmm. We've seen the same stories a thousand times. If I gotta watch the Monkey King one more time, I'm gonna <laughs> lose my mind. So <laughs> much, much, much love and respect for them for putting some putting some some backing behind another culture's mythos. Love that. I really enjoyed the gods. And like how, like I liked how they, when they would inhabit a human body, the body would instantly start to burn away because they could not handle the power. Mm -hmm. Like they could not contain that much power in the body. So it would eventually just burn itself out. I love how they did that. And I love the way they showed it. And they would like, the gods would like each one had a telling mark where it would start like, um, which, who, who was the God that, um, that, Yaddle served. Uh, Tetsukatli Poka. Yeah, I'm not going to try to say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that. Whenever he inhabited a body, the left leg would start first and would burn until it was the bone itself was red up to the knee every time. Mm-hmm. Anytime he took over a body, that was the first spot that showed up. And I really enjoyed that that little like detail. And for each god, it was different. Um, the one that he had the bet with um, I believe his was the mouth. The mouth would burn away first. Yeah, the mouth, and then he always had like the snake serpent stuff or Quetzalcoatl. Mm-hmm. So I loved the I loved that. I love seeing that. Um, I was a little I don't know. I I really enjoyed the look of the of the the way the gods looked. Um, obviously I do not know enough about this mythos to try to say if it was accurate or not, but I loved how different it was. Like when the city first sank and the, the priest slid his own throat and just said, save us. And these two, which I, what I assume were lesser gods, 
um, just came out of nowhere. And there's these, they're just these strange, non-humanoid, non-like stereotypical looking creatures. And then just proceeded to just fight it out. And I, I love the fact that it was so unique, that it wasn't something that we'd seen a thousand times. Um, dislike, we already talked about the voice actors. Um, I felt, I, I don't know, I think the story for me was a little, it wasn't quite right. Like, it, I don't know, it just seemed like it was, like, I don't understand, like, why they got scared and all of a sudden they wound up in a totally different place than they should have when, um, what was that? What was that? Uh, Axolotl's name? Uh, Meke. 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 Um, yeah. When Meke was teleporting them, they had to know where they wanted to go instead of Meke knowing. But anytime Meke got scared, Meke knew exactly where the fuck Meke was going <laughs> and would just move them. So I mean, that didn't make a lot that of sense. It's just one fight. It's just one fight, man. No, no, no. I understand, but you asked me. You asked mm -hmm. me what I didn't like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. The, Go on. the core of the show, I really, really enjoyed. The base, the the core of the story, I really enjoyed. Um, it was just, it was just the voice acting that kept taking me out of it, and I just couldn't be like in it. So, all right, uh, uh, that's all. Uh, 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 that you have to say about the dislike. Yeah, that was it, man. We talked about what I disliked oh. to to a, a great extent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you have more to say. I don't know, man. No, so how about I you, Mitchy? Give it a six, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, there's one thing, but I know Mateo's gonna say it anyway, so I'm gonna let Mateo say it. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I don't even know if it's gonna be what you're thinking of, Shannon. Um, there was a vast majority i disliked about the show um i pretty much hated the entire show um just, just leave with that um, all right the only really the only really thing i really did enjoy is kind of like channel's kind of going on is it was different i i loved the aztec and i don't the aztec culture that it brought the the lore of the gods the i loved how they not only designed the gods they designed the i don't know if they have a name from but the monsters as well um, my big thing that I really loved, though, is I guess it was a little bit more of the sub story in it on how they were, how basically humanity was on what their seventh try, right? Was it seventh try? Mm -hmm. Yeah, five or six, or maybe six. I don't know. And it was the fifth try. I, fifth try. And fifth try. And I, I liked how, and I can't remember what episode it was, and I think it was Yaro who was going mm -hmm. through the different renditions of humanity and why they failed and like i was like yeah this humanity failed um they gave up their nobility and they're the monkeys now and shit like that and i i just really loved that i, I thought that was a great idea and i mean i i liked how how bloody and gory it was it's very aztec-y and they kind of really stayed true to the aztecs um but as far as dislike um one of my biggest things in in any kind of animated series is the voice actors and if, if i can't buy into the voice actors and they can't sell me on the characters i'm not going to get into the show it's because i can't i can't relate to them i can't relate to Giselle. i can't relate to the sidekicks i can't relate to anybody um so it really had me tuning in and out of the show and probably some pretty key moments um 
and just really, I mean, we talked about it at the front, but just the cussing was just overboard in the show. It was really, it really turned me off to the whole thing. And just voices can really make or break something for me. And this show was kind of just, it showed it truly on how much, where I think the show had some great potential because I love Aztec culture and things like that. And the voices just, I couldn't get into it. And it's kind of sad for me because I enjoy, I enjoy the mythos. All right. I agree with you over there. So, yeah, I like the show try to introduce us with all the mythos and stuff. I mean, if this show is targeted towards uh, uh, a more broad audience, you know, a broader audience, I mean, this is a good starting point for people to try to get to know the culture itself. But I mean, the story doesn't do it justice, <laughs> you know. So I don't know if it, it is proper for um, other people to, to try to get to know about this culture through this show itself. So maybe, maybe this show is targeted towards um, their people themselves, you know, and not, not a, like a broader audience, not, a, not to other people or other culture, you know, or other people who want to know about this culture. I don't think so. And so what much, I dis- All right. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you on that a little bit. Because mm-hmm. for me, when when I see some when I see something about another culture uh, mm-hmm. in this style, it inevitably makes me want to learn more about it. Like so, for me, like when I was a kid, the the first culture the first culture that I went and learned about on my own was actually Greek mythology. I heard okay. one story out of Greek mythology, and I was like, I gotta know more. So I dove in and I started reading book after book after book. And that's what really got me. In, that's what really created my love for Greek mythology. And that's what created my love for other mythologies. Like I don't dive too deep into Norse, but Greek is still like my, my biggest one. I know so much about Greek. Um, reading stories like this make me want to learn more, make me want to, to read more stories about like how, like what the gods did, how they created, how humanity was created in, um, from this particular culture and things like that. I think shows like this are great gateways to that because you want to know, wait, is this really how it happened? Is this really how it went down? And that question of how true is this will inevitably lead to more people wanting to dive into it. All right. I, I agree with, with your point over there, but this show specifically doesn't make me got interested in this culture, you know, for some reason. Maybe because of the story itself or or maybe because I'm just got annoyed with the uh, voice acting. I don't know. But this show should, should at least uh, be like what you said, man. This is supposed to be a gateway to know about other culture. But for some reason, this show specifically doesn't interest me at all. And yeah, and what I dislike about the show is, um, first of all, is the may, maybe the art. The art reminded me of um, Batman the Animated Series, all the effects and stuff. Seeing this kind of art in 2021 is like uh, going down memory lane, you know, for some reason. So if they had the all the backing uh, from a country role, why not 
do like a better version of of this um art or, or something. I know maybe you will say this is a creative choice, but still though, seeing this kind of art in 2021, man. See, I see. I don't know how you equate this to Batman the Animated Series. We're talking about the show from the '90s, right? Mm, yeah. This this did not look anything like Batman the Animated Series. I watched that show religiously. This show does not look anything like it. The first thing I thought of when I saw this show was Avatar. This and like end of no story Avatar here. the Last Avenger doing it doing a great job. You know, I well, watched no, no. that show all and all. Right, but here's but for me is like when I looked at the way this show was done, I looked at the art style. If you took Avatar, you darkened everything. You darkened all the colors. You went with a more like intense palette, not so many pastels, not so many lighter, paler colors, and you went with bolder, darker colors. You would have wound up with the show. That's how close it is. It literally just—it's like a, it's like looking at Avatar while watching sun. Well, it's like watching Avatar while wearing sunglasses. Everything about it was just a darker version of it. Like I don't see Batman the Animated Series in this at all. There were like the lines in Batman the Animated Series were super soft. There were super soft lines, almost grays, no blacks. These this show had very very hard lines all the way through. Um, I think the darkness and the grittiness of it is is I could see that correlation to Batman, but I, I can't see anything anything other than that in Batman the Animated Series. All right, so Natasha, what is your input in this? Um, I actually am more inclined to agree with Shannon on this one for the art style, but okay, the so initially when I recommend it, I'm like, yeah, that reminds me of Avatar, like the art style, everything on its higher quality moments, but on its lower quality moments, it oh. almost reminds me of Ben Ten. <laughs> I can see that. Wait, I time out. See that. Time out. Why was I thinking it, that exact thing? Well, and it, 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 yeah. It, <laughs> um, the likes. Sorry, I guess I answered one thing a little sooner. But so for likes, I guess um, one the cultural significance because a lot of things they really did get right, and to me, it did make me more interested um, in like Aztec, Mexica, Mayan, um, and then they mentioned a little bit of Olmec in there. Um, cultures, which I already like, just have like a casual interest in, but, um, I mean, it really does, especially like Mexica Aztec stuff really does have a huge sophisticated pantheon comparable to Greek mythology. Like they have their own creation stories, just like everyone else, you know, and it just doesn't really get represented and character design wise and everything. I think they did a really good job because the character designs themselves for the gods, at least, I'll say. The rest is obviously, you know, I kind of it kind of fluctuates. For the gods, though, and for, like, in their normal forms, their possessing people forms, and then their big, scary, you know, crazy forms, um, all those things are pulled almost directly from mythology. They really didn't take as many artistic liberties with some of the looks, and you're like, and they look, they look cool. They look metal. Um, some of the big scenes where people are, you know, the city gets swallowed up of, what is it, Donnybon or whatever. Um, yeah, Donnybon. Um, when it gets swallowed up and they all come out like that, uh, it it almost reminded me, I don't know if you guys remember this show, but some of it reminds me of Metalocalypse. <laughs> um, when, whenever <laughs> big, crazy, demonic, you know, things. Um, also the music, the music is another thing that sold me on it. Um, 
because even though a lot of it was in Nawa or any of those things, um, the opening and endings, specifically the ending, more so the ending, I'll say, felt very anime-esque to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that point, at it least. Was um, mm. And then the beginning, it was just metal, and then some of the fight scenes were kind of, you know, just went really heavy with it. Um, and I think, you know, a Crunchyroll, the other thing I like is I like that Crunchyroll chose a series that they were okay doing blood. They were, we saw, we saw nipples. We saw, uh, you know what I mean? Like we saw something. There was a nipple? I, the, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, twice. The sacrifices, you see his sister. But I mean, it's not, it's not sexualized either, which is what I enjoy. Yeah, it is it, not sexualized. sexualized. Like, I, com- oh, yeah. I completely missed it. Like I didn't catch it at all, which is very surprising it's for me. Passive and then all, well, and in the end, um, spoiler. Is it, not, it is not in the focus, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's literally so passive. You see him for a second. But I mean, you know, stuff like that in the one thing I will say in like say Japanese anime, they which I'm not going to say I don't enjoy fan service and stuff, but with stories like these <laughs> where they be a little more serious, you know, you don't always want to see the big bouncy mobby milkers if it's a serious moment. <laughs> like she's about to be sacrificed and you see it real quick. It feels normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then in the end, I, they also, you do see other things. You see everything actually, uh, cause they have an orgy scene. I don't mind that That's they made right. it. I do remember they, that. They a lot of adult themes. The thing I do like about this series, they handled so many adult themes with a lot of nuance, I will say. However, it didn't translate. The thing I don't like, it didn't translate good with the cussing. Like it felt so forced every time they were like, and we can cuss on here, right? I'm not gonna. Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, um, yeah. anytime they said, uh, other than maybe two times, there was one where I actually laughed, and I didn't feel bad for laughing. It wasn't like an awkward, like, <laughs> that was dumb, chuckle. It was, uh, oh, they do something where they throw a knife, and it was totally something that should not have worked. And she goes, that fucking worked. And it was only funny because it was meta, <laughs> but the rest yeah. of them just felt gratuitous, which was something I didn't like. And also the pacing issue. It definitely had a pacing issue where I get they needed to like put an on delay on it to get these gates closed at a certain time, but it wasn't enough time for you to really care about anybody, especially when they don't even seem to care about each other for the first half, you know? Until yeah. they, and even in the end, they kind of don't, which is what you're assuming the second season will be about because they're, you know, how it ends, but you know, it it definitely contributed to the pacing issue that it already had. I would yeah. say those I don't like. Um, I, I will I will say the only other cussing scene where I had that that kind of like haha moment where it's actually a little bit funny was when the brothers ran off to steal the ball and the caregiver was in the house and was like little shits. Like oh, that one actually kids. worked. Yeah, he's like yeah. he's kids and you're like ah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that one worked. That was that one was natural. It, it belonged there. Um, and I will say it. I was, and this is a little bit to my like. Uh, I'll point out my own. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, not naivete. Uh, ignorance. Um, my own ignorance. And I did learn like where it's like okay, I already learned something a little bit more interesting than what I knew. Olmec. I didn't know the Olmec was a civilization. Because growing up in the states. Ain't nobody talking about that. The only time I heard the word Olmec was guess was guess what show that was on. 
Oh, Legends, Legends of the, the Hidden Temple. <laughs> yeah. The Olmec Head. Yep. Yes. That was the only time I'd ever heard that word. I didn't realize that that was an entire civilization. Mm-hmm. So it's already, so this show for me, and that's why I say this, this kind of show has the ability, even if it wasn't done perfect, to kind of already spark that, that, oh, wait, I was wrong about this? Wait, what the hell else am I wrong about? And that kind of want to see or figure out more about it. So, yeah. All right. So, um, Matthew, uh, what do you think of the style of the art or, or the art of the show? Artistically, I didn't have too much of a problem with it because, I mean, Shannon really pinned it on the head. It's Avatar with sunglasses. Um, <laughs> Um, there were a little bit, there were some low quality moments, but overall, the art, I, I didn't really have a problem with it. I love how they chose to style the gods. The characters, maybe a little less, but I didn't have as big of a problem with it. Um, the art didn't bother me whatsoever. Whatsoever. All right. So maybe I am the only one who noticed this, but when mm, this is the issue um, on the early part of the show, but When the scene gets uh, really dark, it, it gets really dark. And it is hard for you to make up the details of anything, you know, um, besides of their eyes are glowing for some reason. Um, and, I mean, they could at least make it not that dark. Because when, when they darken the scenes, it becomes too dark and they just um when the like a bright light or when they transition into a brighter scene it becomes too bright you know when mm-hmm. your your eyes uh are, are at that point adjusted to that darkness and suddenly get blown with the brighter scene oh that that was a headache you know yeah maybe I i'm the only one who had that issue i don't know about you guys No, I didn't. I didn't really get the the too dark thing. Um, maybe like I don't know on, on all the on what I was watching it on. I didn't really have that issue. So oh, maybe you are watching it uh, on a mobile. I I, yeah, I watched it on my, on my laptop in, in a in a very dark room. <laughs> maybe <laughs> so, that's yeah. yeah. I watched I watched it on my phone, and I was usually watching it on my lunch break, so it was bright outside. And I had my um so, yeah, my you, you probably don't up, have that so. problem though. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um and another say, so one was... is oh, no. okay, go on. No, no, go for it, man. Go for it. So and another one, um, this is just a, a nitpick, but when they introduce the twins, they are playing Lama, right? It is that is what they are called? Uh Lama? yeah. Uh so the background music behind it, it's pretty interesting, you know? With the theme of the story, because that one music is pretty modern in some ways. It is pretty like, pretty much like an EDM in some sort, horror remix of an um, traditional music in some ways. I don't see that happen uh, in other scenes though, but that just one scene. And um, the intro, so is. It's a screamo. Um, I mean, it's a screamo. Is a part of their culture? No, no. It's I think screamo. it's more just set the mood, honestly, because like, 
Uh, well, especially too, if they are considering a Latin American audience, metal and rock are are actually huge over there. Like, definitely there's the stereotypical stuff that's like reggaeton and stuff, but you're never going to, I mean, not never, I don't want to say never, but typically you won't see stuff like that in anime. And I really agree with you that everything was really heavy or soft. And then that random, it is like a random techno, not techno, but club, like EDM stuff when it's introducing Ulama and it felt really out of place. I really agree with you there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I say, why? Um, okay. <laughs> Um, and another one about the story. Um, okay, so Yoru, Yoru is supposed to be a very loyal um, servant to the god, right? So why Yoru helping the kid right from the beginning and disobeying uh, his master? Well, he wasn't. That was the crazy thing. So, and originally when he when he went to him and basically clarified what his task was he told yeah. him you he's are supposed to, to serve... be like overseer only to be an uh, observer right no he's supposed to make he's supposed to um he's supposed to observe but he's also supposed what he said you're supposed to obey whatever what's his name said and if he as if he's me so he immediately he also... put him in a position where he while serving his true master has to serve this other dude as if that's his master too. So he's immediately put into a position that just where he doesn't can't make do it sense. Right. That's but right, but that's the game of the gods. That's the thing. For the gods, it's like, well, this is what I want you to do, and I expect you to decipher what my true meaning is without me telling you because I can't tell you because it'll violate the rules. So I mean, he has to hope that you he... are trying to win a bet, and you you ask your servant to obey the other the other guy. He had to because he had to, he had to he had to assign a um, uh, an overseer to make sure that everything played out fairly. But at the same yeah, time, was... he had to have him serve. He had to have him serve the other god in order to make sure that he would not interfere with the task at hand. So, in order to make him truly impartial to both sides, he had to be under the control of the opponent. So it's a very, it's a, very, it's a little it, convoluted. It's but be an observer and be done with it. He's supposed to make sure there's no interference, which is no, why you don't ever, which is why you don't ever see him really interfere, other than to make sure that Izel stays alive. But right from the beginning, he pretty much pushed Izel to do the task because he has to make sure he does it. His job is to get Ezel to the gates to prove that a human can close a human a human champion can close the five gates. That's Ezel, that's Ezel's job is to close the gates. Yano's job is to make sure his ass gets to the gates. That just doesn't make any sense. All right, so Meteo, what do you think of this um I don't know, chaos confusion maybe? I'm I'm not really following the confusion, though. I mean, it, it's pretty straightforward to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he, he's like, serve him like he's your master and get into the gate. I mean, isn't it purely, I mean. All right, so, yeah, and then midway midway through the show, um, when he summoned the, the good god, right? The good god said, um, you should never interfere anymore. 
Okay. Because he doesn't want to lose the bet. So no, if that, any, um sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go on, go on, Natasha. Um so basically the stipulation of it was if anything outside interferes with the rules of the bet that they set, um, and then Yautil is supposed to be not a neutral party, but to just follow through and make sure this goes out completely fair from the, the rules and stipulations that the two gods have set. That if either of them cheats in any way, um, they, the other one gets their blood sacrifices and they die. So for either of them to win, it needs to happen by the standards they set. Yaddle's just the pawn in that until he gets his memories back and then goes, oh yeah, this is why I feel this way. Um, but in the end, that's also what fucks everything up is <laughs> Izel, Izel makes the choice of not making a choice thinking he's, you know, doing something. Uh, and in that turn, he makes Quetzalcoatl lose by that because he technically didn't close the, you know, last gate. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of understood. I guess I'm trying to see. It does seem a little convoluted. I definitely see what you mean there. But if you're comparing it, again, to, like, Greek mythology, they always had people doing their little pawn stuff like that. <laughs> you know, because oh, yeah, they, they That was Otherwise, entertainment. That was entertainment. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, we're messing around, but also I don't want to lose all my blood, because I'll die. <laughs> Okay, um, how about the, um, maybe a plot twist, as you may say. I, I just put, put a big quote over there. So, in the end, it's just like a tragic love story, in a way. <laughs> so, tragic love story? What do you story? guys think of that? What do you guys think of that? How the hell is it a tragic love story? Oh, uh, Yaudel uh, and uh, Miwadel? Mm-hmm. Yaudel and the queen of that. I mean, in a way, I could see it as that because, I mean, she's essentially the catalyst of of why they even get this bet going and stuff in the first place. They see stuff's popping off and she's like, vengeance. And you find out so much of this was orchestrated by her to kill her husband. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, you know, and so that that was one thing I, I did like. But uh, I don't know, because it, it's... I, I, I mean... In a way, it, 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 it's kind of ruined the whole um, closing the gate and saving the humanity thing, don't you think? Well, no, because they that's what season two is about, is how do they save humanity without playing into the gods' game? All right. All right. What do you think, Matthew? Um, what do you think of, of the plot twist of the tragic love story? Is the cause of all those things happen in the first place? So I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, I I don't see the tragic love story. Huh? You don't? I don't see it. I don't. <laughs> they dedicated a whole episode for that one. I honestly, to God, I this goes back to I. It was hard for me to watch this show, but I I didn't get a tragic love story. <laughs> oh I'm man, s- I'm sorry. I I didn't get a tragic love story out of this show. Did you finish and, it? I, I did finish it. I, I, oh, I've i been uh, hiding in an office for the last couple hours to finish it. And I will tell you right now, if there was a tragic love story, it went right over my head. Okay, so you know the goddess of death? The one that crushed her head, yeah. husband's head inside the gate? 
she was originally in yeah. love with Yaddle when he was human. And then when I can't say his name, Natasha, help me out here. Oh, um, wait, not Yaddle. You mean her husband? No, Yaddle's master. Oh, uh, Quetzalcoatl. Or sorry, Tezcatlipoca. Yeah. Mm. When he took Yaddle as his champion, he told her, you will never see him again. If you do, I will basically erase him from existence and wiped his memories. So part of her plan was to get back at, to kill her husband. And she was trying to get back um, Yaddle at the same time. Um, that's the tragic love story that they're talking about. All right. I'm following now, but yeah, that went over my head watching this. <laughs> I mean, that is the big plot, man. It's like a whole episode devoted to that. Yeah. When I tell you, when I am telling you, I the voice actors do this. It, it really did it for me. And I, I mean, for for one don't time tell in my me life, you, I was more involved. You in pull on the Shannon on this one. No, hey, what I say about that noise? <laughs> I didn't pull a Shannon. Both y'all can kiss the blackest part of my ass. How about that? <laughs> Just letting you know, for <laughs> once in my life, I was actually involved in work more than I was in watching anime. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, though, I, I, I watch this in three sitting, and a, 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 every time I watch this one, I almost, almost put on a Shannon. Because <laughs> you know some reason, this is so boring to me. You, you don't know up, how hard it was will, not to tell Shannon. Keep it up, and I will purposely pick a dumpster fire. <laughs> keep it up, and I will purposely pick a dumpster fire. I mean, you, you did That's it just the twice. For you, sir. I've picked one dumpster fire, thank you. Almost, almost. And so have you. I almost don't count. This ain't horseshoes. <laughs> and you've already chosen a dumpster fire, too, so you can shut up. Huh? Which one? Which one? Sakamoto. No, it is not a. Yes, Sakamoto was a dumpster fire. It's a fun one. Unanimous decision. No, Sakamoto was a dumpster fire. <laughs> wow, you're ganging up on me now, huh? Even Meteo, yeah, you you don't have my back now, Meteo. <laughs> you shut up. Sakamoto was a straight dumpster fire. Don't ever blaspheme <laughs> anything else again like that. <laughs> don't you? you, you oh, brother! What happened to our brotherhood? Man, uh, we have the alliance crumbles. The crazy. alliance crumbles. Hey, oh man, it's still called right. pulling a Shannon, though. Shannon, you're not escaping. That. Well, well, yeah, hell up, okay. Just because I fell asleep six times watching freaking fruits baskets. <laughs> All right, um, so, um, let's talk about the ending for a bit. So, do you guys like the ending? I mean, it was a decent and it was a decent open. Are we talking? Wait, are we talking about the non-choice ending? Or are we talking about the possible, like the season two ending? Not the season two ending. This one. No, <laughs> the ending that leaves it open for season two, or yeah. the non-choice ending. Um, yeah, the the openness and the choice. Let's talk both of them. Okay, so the choice I liked. I actually did like it because okay. the only way. The only way for a human to beat a god in a game like this is not to play. Mm -hmm. Gods hold all the power in making you do something that they want you to do. And it's either you do it or I destroy you. And it's like, well, you're getting pleasure out of this in some way of me doing it. So the only way for me to defy you with that is simply not to do it. 
So I did enjoy the fact that he finally grew a backbone. Finally. Only took 12 episodes. <laughs> Got a backbone and just like, I'm not playing your game. Y'all sort your own shit out and walked off. That I liked. The open ending to season two, I wish there would have been more setup for it. So like when they left, when they like teleported and it was just like, oh, go seek out these warriors. They're strong. Cool. Why didn't y'all talk about them in all this whole damn show? Like right. if, they, if they had said, oh, seek out the Olmec. Okay, cool. Y'all been talking about these fools all season. Where they at? Where mm-hmm. they at? I would have been all over it. I would have loved that ending. But this one, yeah. seeking out a this power story could have been far better, in my opinion. Yeah, seeking, seeking out a a group, of, a tribe that they haven't talked about at all because they're supposed to be great fighters. Eh, I would have liked to see some kind of some more setup for them, but I'm not. I don't hate it. All right, um, Natasha, how about you? Um, I liked it for the potential that it left. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is that I don't like when series do this thing, and it's more popular now than it was, say, like a decade ago, where instead of wrapping up each season's story, they wrap it up in cliffhangers, hoping you will be, oh my gosh, I want a season two so bad. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And then I'm yeah. really upset because then I'm like, cool, there's all this lost potential and it's Dunskis. Um, as far as I know, it is getting a season two. So uh-huh. I hope so because it did leave a lot of good points open. I agree with you guys. It takes 12 episodes before Izel grows a backbone. But in, I guess, devil's advocate for that point, um, in the beginning, they the, when the gods are making this bet, They do say they want, like, the weakest, most pathetic human. Like, they want the lowest of the low. So not only mm. is he really, like, an indentured servant um, and also just a whiny baby. Like, he he was the one who was supposed to get sacrificed. And he gets mm-hmm. put on the path um, just as a fucking pawn, basically. <laughs> uh, and I like that premise. I just wish it kind of would have been executed a little better from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And again, you guys said the voice acting played such a big part um, in caring about why. <laughs> But overall, I liked the way it ended. I and I liked the twist at the end of um, what's her name, Mitikwadol, um, and Yaddle's relationship, and seeing that that's kind of what sparks all this before the bet and all those things. But I just I hope season two does a little better job. <laughs> I hope it I hope it gets its sea legs because I am still oh. interested, even with all my gripes, you know. We can only hope, man. Yeah, you know. Um, how I, about matter okay, what? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Natasha. Um, yeah, I mean, even with all our gripes with it, if it does do well, or even if it doesn't, just it existing will help other stories like this in the future ultimately especially with a big name like Crunchyroll backing it and I I hope it at least at the very least does that even if it doesn't you know improve <laughs> okay uh, all right so Meteo what do you think of the ending uh, they, uh... 
apparently Mateo fell asleep. Lamachia, what do you think of the ending? <laughs> I hate the ending. I think it's stupid. <laughs> because for me, I know the team behind the the show is um, sacrifice uh, one side over the other, right? This place um, uh, throughout the show. But for me, you are not closing the gate now and I sacrifice all the other people and because you want to be free and try to fight the gods, you are technically sacrificing all the other innocent people by the second, you know? Right, but you have to remember, Izel hates humans. Uh, he hates yeah, I know. So I know, he, but so is it worth the sacrifice? No, he hates he hates humans. All the tragedy and pain in his life has been caused by humans, by people abandoning him, by people destroying his family, by people sacrificing the one person he loved in this world. Every tragedy that has befell him has been caused by humanity. He gives no fucks for humanity's sake. He cares about his friends who care for him. In this instance. If you have no, if I have no love for humanity, but I like my dog, my dog has been there for the last 16 years. He's a good dog. And someone comes up to me with a gun to a person's head and said, I'm going to kill this person. I'm going to kill your dog. What's it going to be? I'm going to be like, kill the person. Leave my dog alone. Because I don't care about people. You can't, so it doesn't surprise me that he chose his friends over humanity because humanity to him is not worth saving. He didn't fail. I mean, this is not about choosing his friend or the people. He still uh, remained with his friend if he saved the the people. No, in that moment it was. When he, so are we talking about by not closing the gate? Are we talking about his, when he was fighting? When when he, he already summoned the gods. So when he brought the gods in, that was him being like, fuck you, I'm not playing your game. That was his that was his middle finger to the gods for their part in all his suffering. Yeah, one Again, of the gods. And still one of the gods is, is still win. Right. But he's not but it wasn't gonna be by his hand. He said, I'm not gonna play your game. He only won because he because he refused to play. He doesn't yeah. care and who the other wins. Won. And the other right. god just uh, brought havoc to the, to the world even more. No, well, again, he doesn't know that that's coming, and yeah. but for him, he just doesn't want to be involved. It's kind of like you're gonna do what you're gonna do anyway. I'm not gonna play a part in it. You can do what you want, but don't involve me. So it's him saying, the end, it's his he's saying still involved in a way. He just um, run right, from the game talking- and and not and not from the wall. Right, but we're talking about in in the in the mindset of um, is... of a young kid who knows no, no, nothing. No, 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 no. It's um, fuck. What is the word? Um, not omission. It's when you don't get involved in something because it doesn't involve you. <sighs> fuck. There's a yeah, word I know for the word for it better than minding your business. But well, okay. Yeah. I see. I see. Active <laughs> Shannon, and I'm more inclined to agree with it. However, I do see. Um, essentially 
at least that, and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but how Matt is saying it is, Oh, my mats. Is his in action is Azel's in action is an action, whether or not he meant right. to do that. His inaction is an action, you know. That. Absolutely. But in, uh, in his mind, he he made a choice by not making a choice. Yeah. And you're absolutely right in that, and Mamats is absolutely right in that. By him not doing something, he has done something. But it's the only move that he can make. And it's the only way he can say fuck you, because if he does, if he does complete the task, he's done what his God has asked him to do. Mm -hmm. The one that set him on the task. Yeah. If he doesn't do it, I'm going to try this fool's name. Tetsalipoka? Te yeah. Te <laughs> no, no, say it again. Tetsalipoka. Tetsalipoka. Yeah. Tetsalipoka didn't set him on this task. Tetsukatlipoka yeah. is simply basically the one that bet against him. So he doesn't care if he doesn't if he if he he doesn't care if he doesn't do it. The one who cares is Quetzalcoatli. Um, he cares if he doesn't complete the task because he put him on it. So mm -hmm. it, his middle finger is to the one that basically set him on this task. Yes, his yeah. inaction is action, but his action is against the one. Who put who put him up to it? Who the one who made him have to go through this suffering? So mm -hmm. it makes sense that he would be more inclined to say "fuck you" to him than uh, Tetsukatlipoka. Yeah, it's a bad choice, and yeah, maybe <laughs> there is no good it, choice. It, it, no, yeah. it is a bad choice, <laughs> and well, maybe this is a, a proper setup for a second season, or else this this show. Could have ended on the first season, right? Well, no, no, because they could have because they said, "Show me humanity's worth saving," and they could have did it, and they'd be like, "No, I still don't think humanity's worth saving," and went about their business anyway, and then that leads to season two. It wouldn't matter. There's plenty of stories where the gods are like, "Yeah, I need you to do this to prove to me that I shouldn't destroy you," and then they do it, and they're like, "I'm going to destroy you anyway." It's not uncommon for those stories to happen in mythology, so mm -hmm. that's that's not a far that's not a stretch. Um, so I don't think it's about making a season two. I think, and I honestly, I just think that that was, that was him taking ownership of his own life because as mm -hmm. long as he still plays their game by what he's being told by them, he's still just a pawn. He has zero freedom. The moment you say, if someone tells me I'm going to shoot you unless you do this. I'm beholden to them and have to rely on them and what they're saying. The moment I say, it's my life. I choose whether I live or die. That's my final act of defiance. control over my own life. It's my, my last act of defiance, but it's the last act of control over my own life. Even if I die, it's on my terms, not yours. So that's him taking control of his own existence. Yeah, but sometimes with your choice, the choice that you have made, make it even worse for, for everyone else, don't you think? Right, but we already established you don't give two shits about humanity. <laughs> well, and <laughs> that it only would have bought them another like five hundred years. Like it fully was not. Oh, we're never gonna do this to humanity ever again if you win. They were like, okay, you win for this age, which is yeah. approximately five hundred years. I think it says, and then and that's how it is. And then the problem is on someone else. You can yeah, enjoy so your life as normal as possible. 
He just kicked the can down the road. He don't care about enjoying his life. He's like, I want. He he switched from I want to die. I don't want to be here anymore. To I have my friends to live for, so I'm gonna live for them. But nah, fuck humanity. Fuck all <laughs> the rest of humanity. And he don't care about. He doesn't care about humanity. And that's fine. Humanity did him dirty. Yeah. You can't get mad at the man for not for not wanting to be involved in people that that ruined his life. So it's but not that he I made mean, the bad choice. It's that he made the choice that was best for him and his mindset. And that was, I don't give two shits about humanity. Whatever happens to him, happens to him. But this is what I'm doing for me. A larger trolley problem. Do you save the one? Do you save the many? <laughs> it, it's that, always is, that is the theme throughout the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you care about the yeah. many, then you save the many. If you don't care about the many, then you save in the few. Oh, man. So, in my perspective, um, this is a bad ending, and this show shouldn't have get a second season. It should have ended on this season. So, the way I would change the story is, uh, Yaru will not be... Yaru will be just an overseer, you know? Just an ob- observer throughout, throughout the journey. And maybe Yaru will advise Izel to go find... Like the what all make warrior or something like that, and train yeah. and train beforehand, then do the task. That way, the show will end in the first season, and yeah, just live out alone. all the tragic love story. Mm-hmm. No, because he wouldn't I have been the that, lost. That show alone. will will be better in mm-hmm. my perspective. No, no, he wouldn't have been the lowest so? of the low at that point. Yeah. I mean, he start from the lowest of the lowest. He trained. No, what? No, okay, so it's kind of like art. Right, so it's kind of like uh, we're gonna take Disney. Uh, I mean, if you want to lowest of the lowest, he technically cheating in this in this bet because yeah. he relies on other people. They didn't say he couldn't get help. There was no stipulation in the rule that said he couldn't get help. So there's no stipulation that he could train with someone else. I didn't say he couldn't train. I said once he trains, he won't be the lowest of the low. Yeah. Once he and get realized on, on your know, friend, then he that, wouldn't be lowest of the low. Let me talk to you. Don't keep busting in on me. People can <laughs> intervene. The only stipulation was that the gods can't intervene. So Correct. that's why the woman couldn't. The what? Mid, mid, sorry, forget her name off the top of my head right now. Miguel, Mitekwaddle. That's what it was. But people can intervene all they want because right. otherwise they team. And there were all of the gates he couldn't close by himself anyway. It was right. meant for several people. It was meant for multiple people. Because the base the other is thing... human connection. Oh, so, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to keep talking. <laughs> no, no, you're good, you're good. Um, but when it comes to the, the training thing, the whole point was to take the lowest of the low and have him complete the task. If And the reason I say he had to stay the way he was in order to, to for that to be the rule is because if you look at it, will they use another, another, will they use another analogy like that in um, Aladdin? When they refer to Aladdin, they refer to him as the diamond in the rough. The rough meaning the situation that his life is currently in. He is in the roughest situ- living situation he could possibly be in. He is in the slums. He's in the dirt. He is a hidden gem. If you took him and then Jafar made him a prince, had him marry Jasmine, and then take him to the Cave of Wonders. He no longer would have been a diamond in the rough because he wasn't in that circumstance. He would have been a diamond in the stars or whatever you want to put it. He would have been shiny. 
So the definition of the description of the character being the lowest of the low, if you have, if you went and trained with people, you gained something more. You're no longer the lowest. The lowest of the low is defenseless. They cannot fight for themselves. They are not the smartest. They are not the strongest. They are not the most capable. Once you become those things, you are no longer the lowest of the low. Yeah, once you become, that is the word. Once you become, but at the starting point, Right, yeah. but it wasn't the starting point. He said, because the lowest of humans, the low humans evolve, humans change. They, they are not do. staying the, the bet, same all the way through. Right, but the bet was that the lowest of the low would close the gates. So yeah. if he went and trained with the Olmec and was no longer the lowest of the low, the moment he closed the first gate, the bet was lost. Because the lowest of the low did not close the gate. Someone who started as the lowest of the low, but is no longer one, close the gates. I mean, the, the, I don't know, man. It's We're talking, trust me, it's semantics like hell, but this is gods we're talking about. They are petty as fuck. So yeah. when, when, you, when you talk about something like that, and they, they specifically word things to trick people and make them slip up, which we've seen in mythology from every religion and every culture, that when they purposely word things to make you slip up so that you can't win something that they don't want you to win. When they specifically word it, the lowest of the low will close the five gates. That will be my champion. That means yeah, that that I mean, must be the lowest if, of the low. Yeah. But with that storyline, though, with God being like petty as heck and whatever, that is the point where um, the main character can slay the gods. You know, don't you think? He wasn't at the point where he could slay the gods yet. He doesn't even have. He, he's, no, he's even he trains with the Elmec and becomes well, no, 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 strong. No, 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 and, no, no, no I understand that. My point is that he didn't even want to live at that point. Yeah. He kept trying to. He kept trying to put himself into positions where he would die. He didn't want to live at that point. So you can't go off and say, "I'm going to train to be." like a, a, an amazing fighter and I'm going to kill the gods when you don't even want to be alive anymore. If you hate I mean, the gods and you want to be God, become an advisor for him and not interfere in any way. Right, but why would, but why would Yaddle even do that? Yaddle yeah. is, is purely this loyal. Is the question in the show as well. Why Yaddle would do that in the first we know, place? We know why Yaddle did what he did. We know why Yaddle did what he did. But, in, same, the, but you're talking about from the beginning. Yeah. You're talking about he does this from the beginning. From the beginning, he did not care about Ezel. He didn't care what happened to that boy. He cared about not pleasing really. his master. Right. From the, the end of the series. He just forced the, that to go do his stuff at all. At the end of the show, he cared for Ezel because he grew to respect and love him. So mm -hmm. taking him and saying, oh, I'm going to sweep you away and have you go train with the Olmec wouldn't make sense because he don't care about him. He just wants him to do what the hell he's told. I don't know, man. That is just my opinion. If you want to stick with this story, yeah, but your your story got a huge plot hole in it. Yeah, it can be improved. That is just the concept of, of the story, you know. Not not the details. <laughs> <laughs> if I were good at this kind of thing, I would be a storyteller, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, Matthew, are you there? No, he's not. I think Mateo, like, I think he's had technical difficulties. He's had to drop off. So, we're down to three. So, yeah. Let's move on to the characters. 
So, Natasha, mm-hmm. who is your favorite characters in the show? Mm, honestly, I really liked Zianya. Um, even though I knew from the, like, it's shown from the get-go she's going to be, like, the traitor character. You know uh, that Come on now. You, you yeah. can see it from far away. Yeah, it's so obvious. But I still mm. enjoyed it. Um, even though it was obvious, like, uh... I liked Izzel towards the end because I I do enjoy the premise of the show um, in the sense of it, that whole lowest of the low thing, but it shouldn't take me that long to like a protagonist, um, <laughs> even though I understand what they were trying to do. Um, but yeah, no, Z- Zianya starts off bad as hell from the get-go um, and is, even though she's the traitor character for a second, uh, ultimately helps him... Almost more than I mean, any. Yeah, she's the muscle of the group. Yeah, course, and probably yeah. party too. So obviously, she's you know it's a little more. She's she's definitely what Izel could have grown into, with being bitter and like nope, I just want to blah blah blah. But I like I like where they took it with her, and ultimately, like at the end of the day, all of them give substantial sacrifice in order for them to even make it to this second season. Um, and I hope, I hope they don't keep her a weird lizard dog thing forever. Because <laughs> I really <laughs> like her and I thought she was a really good asset to the team even though she initially doesn't even want to be part of the team, you know? I mean, she has to be a part of the team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she has to be one of them mm-hmm. in order to get Isel to Daniban. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How about you, um, Shannon? Uh, my favorite character was Anastaku. Like, I yeah, like I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I like the character from the get go. She was, I mean, innocent, she is the she was true one in the group. Well, she she does. She's, she's pure. She's smart. Yeah, she's actually well, she can be. And she's a waifu material. All right, she's a waifu material. There you yeah. go. But, and she, she no, and she's not afraid to do what has to be done and make hard decisions. Like mm-hmm. when the village was, when that um, that secluded village was destroyed by the the, the star, like the morning stars or the stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, when she saw the village elder was, he she knew he was dead. He wasn't gonna make it. And then her homeboy was sitting there bleeding out, and she's like, "Nope." And then put hands on both, drain that fool till he was dry. <laughs> <laughs> and healed uh was it Ken? Yeah. yeah Ken. Was it, I believe it was Ken. Healed Ken and then just like, nope, it was a decision I had to make. And then she made it and that was it. She well, there was no hesitation, there was no crying, there was just it was mm-hmm. him or you, or neither would it was either neither of you makes it or you make it. And mm-hmm. I choose you. And that was it. Yeah. I like that too because uh like healer, the archetype of you know, pretty girl healer characters is normally so like bleeding heart wishy washy, and she was like, "Nope, I have the power to do this. Let's handle this, and we need to still finish this." <laughs> Not to mention, like she had, like she straight went up, she straight up uh, went against the the goddess of death, and was just like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna take all your power <laughs> <laughs> and just drain right, so... her. So weak. I loved it." That brings to the question: What is Shinosuke exactly? What do you mean? Is is she a human with some powers, yes. or she is not a human? No, she is a human. 
yeah so i forget the name of what it actually is culturally um because like i i don't affiliate with any of those tribes mine's like northern american um native stuff but like uh there's certain european stuff calls it sort of like angelic stuff because they just go people with wings uh but it was like a i believe it was like a shamanistic thing so like what they have to do that guy she was training under uh Mm -hmm. in order to earn your wings there's trials and things you have to do and then the implication with her was not only did she have wings um because she was technically like an apprentice uh as well as his um i don't know the word his servant she was taking care of that dude uh he the there's an implication with her feathers being red right before that one guy gets his head bitten off or whatever He's all, yeah, they never explained things. that to us, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, it it really didn't explain much. And it. Uh, I think you said it earlier where there's a lot of... It was almost made for a specific audience. So mm-hmm. it's not as... As much as I would like to say, oh, it's accessible uh, because, you know, it's it's easy to watch and whatever. Um, it, it, it's kind of not because a lot of those things, if you don't have any prior knowledge of any mythology of like Mashika or Aztec or Maya, uh, you have no idea what they're implying, you know? Um, yeah. They used a couple visual cues, but obviously if it gets glossed over by most people who watch it, it's not a good enough visual metaphor, you know? It shows her feather falling in blood and that's the implication of that's how feathers turn red because you've committed something and killed people. Um, yeah, what? How, how would I know that? <laughs> exactly you know what i mean like yeah they show the feather fall in some blood but how are you supposed to draw those conclusions yeah, i mean they give parts. hints that like uh why your wings are red and stuff like that but they they never explain it to us yeah and i'm sure it was the next season but again it goes back to that thing of you shouldn't have to depend on there being a second season for certain questions to get answered yes of Fine. course mm-hmm. See, my, my thing is i have the feeling that <clears throat> She was forced, like, she kept talking about, like, she, the way she, when she was touched um, by her master. Mm-hmm. And, but she specifically said not in that way. Yeah, yeah. not in that so way. My mm-hmm. guess is that she didn't want the wings. She didn't want her, because the wings specifically come from that symbol that's, um, that's painted on their backs. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that was forced upon her by her master. and. Mm-hmm that power she was using that drain and um heal power that's part that's part of it and i have the feeling she was the reason her wings are red and this is just me taking from 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 the context of the show and the images that they were showing us it definitely has to do with with death be it either her using someone else to sustain his life the way she was like he kept glowing like he kept like that just seemed like he was losing life energy to me because mm-hmm. that golden glow is life energy as we've seen it from when she pulls from someone to heal someone else or even just healing someone it's a transfer of life energy and he ha- he was losing his ability to hold on to it so it seemed like he was either sustaining his life via that or she, and and she killed someone to give him more life and more time or she just flat out killed that fool because yeah now now i know how you feel when 
a certain story just doesn't explain stuff to you properly, Shannon. Yeah. Now I know how you feel. Systems? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I know how you feel, bro. I mean, understand my pain. I will say the same thing as you. You could have said a, a one or two sentence to explain stuff and be done with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That could have been far better explanation. Oh, you just gotta sit here and speculate in your head until you until you start having nightmares and you just forget the whole thing happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Oh, bro. All right. So, um, least favorite characters, Natasha. Oh, probably. All of them. Yes. Thank you. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Even so, <laughs> oh, of course. Hard with, and I and I like the more I like the trend that's happening overall of like shonen protagonists having softer kind of things because you know for a long time it was just you know like as much as I love things like Yu Yu Hakusho where it's like yeah bad boy protagonist I, I like the softer approach but dang is is annoyed the fuck out of me for. The, first <laughs> yeah i mean okay some of the scene like when they get trapped in the underworld right mm-hmm. uh isel just go really annoying and after that in just a split second he took charge <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense yeah impression you know man come on At first, you, you just d- doesn't even bother about the whole thing, and then you took charge, <laughs> and people yeah. just follow you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I don't know who's to blame. Uh, is the show uh, should be blamed on a uh, poor writing, or a poor um, character representation? I don't know which one to blame though. I'd say his, yeah. for his character, it's probably the right. <laughs> all right. So, how about you, Shannon? Kim, all day, every day. I mean, I don't <laughs> mind Kim. It's annoying, but it's a comic relief. No, no, he ain't funny. He ain't funny. You can't be comic relief. He tries to be funny. He tries to be funny. You ain't funny. Saka was funny. I almost called that fool Soka. Damn you, Mim Night Shyamalan. Oh, no. Soka <laughs> <laughs> oh, was funny. This fool was not. And his constant wishy-washy back and forth like, yeah, I trust you now. Oh, this is all your fault. If you don't sit down, think about <laughs> something for five seconds and wrap your head around it before flying off the handle again. No. And then that BS excuse at the end was like, He keeps us moving forward. No, he don't. No, he don't. He's your main point of conflict. He is the main point of strife within this group. If you don't sort your shit out, I will leave you here. <laughs> I will have left your ass in the underworld. I mean, uh, when when Jun uh, broke his his legs, right? Uh, Kid was there. You know that was the, that was and, the and, only and, time. And, and to to find Mickey. In that process, that and he didn't even find Meke. Meke went off, went off on his own. He just collected a bunch of salamanders. <laughs> okay, 
And that was the only time his anger was justified. The rest of the time, this one was just being a dick. <laughs> yeah, agree. Sorry, Ken, I cannot help you <laughs> any further. I try at least. I try. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh-oh. All right. So, what goes you know? Um, in in between the twins, who 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 do you think will end up with Chinostika? Chinostiku. <sighs> probably, probably Ken. I don't know. No, it'll be Jin. Jin, Jin got, got Mara of the Chang, I guess. What did you say? Don't don't you think Jun got 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 the more charm of the out of the the both of them? I think Jun will wind up with Zanastika just because because like okay, it's gonna go one of two ways. It's gonna go mm-hmm. one of two ways. Jun is either gonna wind up with Zanastika, or Jun is gonna wind up with Izel. Tell me I'm wrong. You are not wrong. You are not wrong. You are I not wrong. Brotherly, but yeah, that moment I was like, "Huh? Is that how this is coming off?" Right. It's like you a little close right now. Oh, he's like, "You can stop holding my leg now, thanks." And he's all, <laughs> and I'm like, "God dang it! That was not brotherly. Calm down." See, and that's the thing, though, is that was from Izel's point of view. From mm-hmm. June's point of view, was later on when he was trying to comfort Izel, and I'm like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute now!" Okay, I see what you're doing. You ain't slick. You're not slick. <laughs> so I need to ask this, though, Natasha. So yeah. what are you, uh, your? So is gay relationship allowed in your culture? Is sorry, what? Is gay relationship allowed in your culture? Yeah. So um, pre-colonialism, a lot of na- I can't speak for everyone, obviously, because there's literally 500 tribes in North. North America. Yeah. But I'm Kiowa, um, which is like Oklahoma, Colorado territories. And um, for a lot of indigenous tribes, uh, including my own, um, there, even though there were roles for men and women, uh, they definitely did not like uh, not liking gay stuff was a post-colonial thing because we had like two-spirit people and pe- basically people who not only were in those kind of relationships but in general embodied both those things are typically uh two-spirited people or were shamans or things like that because you embody both is how it was perceived back in the day um nowadays because of colonization uh sometimes people adopted other ideals but initially yeah it was not a big deal back in the day Uh, at all, even in the scene with uh, Yaudel, when him and the uh, in Mikwadel, or sorry, not Mikwadel, uh, the Death Goddess Lady, because I don't have my notes with me still. Um, they they have like an orgy scene or something like that, and again, it's not mm-hmm. not too overly sexual. It's very passive. You just kind of go over it, and you're like, oh, that's a thing. Uh, Yaudel was sleeping with dudes. <laughs> well, no, it was it was fl- really normal. They they flat out said. Uh, she flat out said, "Like, yeah, for the next year, they're gonna keep throwing women and men at you, and like yeah. they just slipped it in, in and it in just three kept days, going." I was like, yeah, so it was like, that in this series that could be possible because because back then it absolutely was a thing. So, 
So that kind of relationship is um, legal over there, all right. That is what I want to yeah. know. Oh, but sure. I also think it might have just been them um, portraying it a little, for lack of a better word, a little fruity. Because uh, I, th- I really think they're trying to sell them as like a brotherly relationship. But when mm-hmm. you add the blushy stuff, you're kind of like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> you know, it, it confuses right. it. So when you think about it, yeah. that is the main reason why the creator choose uh, a woman as a voice act- actor for that character. Don't you think? You know, perhaps, but I also think it's because <laughs> the age he's straight as. That's not <laughs> uncommon for women to voice pre boys. Or yeah, I, I know it's not uncommon. Yeah. Even Naruto, the, the main the main cast uh, oh, yeah, for Naruto yeah. is a woman. Yeah. Well, most, Even in, in, the crazy in thing is, out, most, right? most cartoons in most cartoons that involve young boys or like even like teenage boys, it's usually voiced by women. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. It's usually voiced by women. And it's like, that's why it's such a strange thing. And it's like, because growing up, I used to love watching things like Rugrats and Jimmy Neutron and all of them, all of them female. All of them. Yeah. So it's like, hmm. hmm. I'm confused now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've gone long overdue now. So yeah, let's talk about. Song. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I shoot my own food. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. So, um, how about the favorite scene? Do you have any favorite scene, Natasha? Honestly, I mean, my bias is the the whole backstory part with Yaudel and um, Mewaddle. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Like, I know I, it, it is not. Work- really um necessary for the story but when you put it that way <laughs> it, it becomes a little bit romantic don't you think yeah i would agree there for definitely but i mean i, I pity the the uh, queen of that quite a bit you know because she doesn't have the the best life that she wanted Right from the beginning, you know. So I, so I, I do pity her, but I, I think it's because I definitely drew comparisons between her and again going back to my Greek mythology stuff. Um, her and Persephone, like their stories were so similar. Mm-hmm. Because uh, for those who don't know, Persephone was the daughter of Demeter, goddess of the earth. Um, Hades kidnapped her, took her to took her to hell. And then she stayed there for, I believe, a year or two, and nothing grew on Earth. Um, Zeus intervened, said Hades had to let her go, said, eat something before you leave. She ate half a pomegranate. That is why, and by doing so, she's bound to hell for six months, because if you eat the food of the underworld, you belong to the underworld. Since you didn't finish it, it's only part of the time. So the six months that she's in hell are the fall and the winter where nothing grows. When she returns to Earth with her mother, the spring and the summer, that's when all the crops grow. So that was basically their story for the change of the seasons. So the whole concept in parallel of Persephone being kidnapped, taken to the underworld, and becoming the wife of the wife of Hades, the god of death, was a huge parallel that I drew that I saw in this story where she was basically a sacrifice given to death, uh, the god of death, and then becoming her queen or becoming his queen. 
and then her still longing to be on earth with her people like I, mm-hmm. I thought it was such an interesting parallel between the two yeah they are pretty pretty much the same but not similar in a way well no they're they're very similar but they have they're also very unique in how the rest of the story goes the kidnapping bit and the the marrying the the god of death is about the end of their their uh, correlation after that the stories very much become their own i mean yeah for the queen the queen has to like what see three or four adoration of humankind just uh, to get revenge yeah <laughs> on, on on his husband on her husband you know well no no she no she was only alive for the for the fifth iteration Because Yaro was I mean, from the same iteration. Yaro was the, uh, on the second iteration. Does he not? When did they say he was part of the second iteration? Uh, when Yaro summoned the good god. I don't think so. Oh, no, no. There, there was a part, there was a part the where he came in. What did you say, Natasha? Oh, sorry. All of that part, like, basically all the humans we know in the series as far as I know, are part of the fifth iteration because the previous ones were all the ones where humanity literally got wiped out or cursed to be those apes or any of those things. Um, right, but this there... era is the fifth iteration. Right, but we're, uh, we're talking specifically about Yaddo, though. I believe there was a line of dialogue when they're ta- when someone's talking to him and trying to remind him of who he is. Um, I yeah. think it was the goddess of death where she actually said, you yourself are part of the second iteration. Yes. I believe there was a I believe there was a line where she said that. Yep, the good god said that. Not the good god, the goddess of death, the female. She's the one that said oh. it. I think it was the the good god when Yoru summoned the good god. I don't think so. Yeah, but someone someone said it at least. Yeah, someone definitely <laughs> yeah. that that line was definitely said. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh my! Uh, so, how about you, Shannon? What is your favorite scene throughout the show? Uh, my favorite scene has got to be just for sheer brutality's sake when she caught that fool's head in the closing gate. <laughs> she was like, "Oh no!" He's like just yanking on his head. He's like, "Let go of my hair." As you say, and then crunch just snapped off in the gate. It was like that. Hell hath no fury, as the <laughs> saying goes. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. She was all about that right there. She was all about it. Oh my! Um, other than that, other than that, I gotta say definitely the battle, um, the fight between probably them and the goddess of death. Like when they finally actually came into their own as a team and learned to work together, I thought that I thought that whole scene with the fight with the fighting was great. I mean, the build up to that is not that good, but yeah, still. No, no, the build up wasn't that good, but the actual like yeah, the actual fight scene where they're they're fighting her and a few of her stars, and he's actually using the damn knife <sighs> was <laughs> actually really good. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, Natasha, how about a least favorite scene? Least favorite? Um. Oh, probably them. Uh, honestly, the one um gripe I had was that scene where they get transported with um 
just by chance with what is his name mickey mickey Mickey. um that whole part of him sometimes transporting him somewhere where they're supposed to be and sometimes not one like it took me a second to realize who is controlling mickey or if he's doing it himself but also sometimes it was just a straight deus ex machina like when they get transported to the city with um that what's her name is from the wife one Kenostiku. Um, that whole thing, I was like, dude, what? Only because it, yeah, I don't know. That one kind of just felt like they were jumping around. But I mean, you know, if without it, we wouldn't have got her. So I guess it was okay. But it just seemed really random up until you get to it. I mean, the introduction of that thing and being able to teleport to wherever, it's just cheating, you know? <laughs> In a way. It, yeah, it almost felt like a cheat at times. And I was like, gosh, dang it. Or when he confronts his dad, I was, I, as much as I know it was him confronting his past and stuff, I was kind of, I didn't care. I was like, just go, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, was, I feel like they should have made it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, how about you, Shannon? Um, the dad scene is definitely up there. Or uncle or whatever he was. Oh, was like, when the uncle tried to sell them? No, no, no. When he goes back and when he first meets the twins, and he uh-huh. goes back, like, this is all your fault. And I was like, yeah, was, yeah. quit your whining right now and get your ass to the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like that whole part. And then, like, the part where he goes to the underworld and basically almost gets eaten by a freaking demon because his her the tail looks like his sister. And I was like, have we not? Didn't you just say you came to terms with your sex that your sister was dead? Didn't you just mm-hmm. say that? Yeah. Why are we back into playing the same story again? And in, and in, in a split second, he took charge of everything again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it was like, no, you, bro, just no. Yeah, I mean, uh, for 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 me, it was the uh, all the scene in in when they trapped in the underworld. It just stupid to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just, I mean. He's already set his, his mind through with, with doing the task. And suddenly when they got trapped in there, he returned to his uh, past self. Is it is it really necessary for, for that scene? I mean, yeah, yeah maybe I, I, I don't think that it is an afterthought, the whole scene, but it, feel, it felt that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, all right, so let's finish up the um, this podcast, I guess, this review. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so guys, um, will you recommend this to other people, Natasha? We already know uh, her answer. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, yes, I know, but why? I would say yes. I I will die on this hill until it really actually disappoints me. Because mm. I definitely am someone that likes to see the potential <laughs> of what it could be. And if it still falters the next season or so, there's no reason to stick around for two seasons if it, if it sucks. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But I do appreciate the effort. And I, I would still recommend it to people with a grain of salt, if anything. <laughs> okay. How about you, Shannon? Um, honestly, I would. I would I would give a little disclaimer. Like, hey, the voice acting is, is going to get on your nerves. But check it out. It's it's unique. It's got some good points. I, I would recommend it. Um, 
at least for at least for kind of a glance just to see how you can see if someone likes it but so since the spanish dub is far better than english will you recommend them to watch it in spanish instead spanish with subtitles why not yeah i mean we I watch mean, anyway I... in, and read the subtitles so why not this one right yeah exactly ah. i agree uh, and one more question though shannon Sir. will you will you watch the second season I will watch the second season. Knowing that the English dub <laughs> it sucks. I'll be watching it in Spanish with English subtitles. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching it in Spanish with English subtitles. Like, Because I already Spanish know what, what Nadasa really is going mean. to say. So, yeah. I 100% I recommend it in Spanish. <laughs> oh, man. So... For me, it's maybe, maybe I will watch the second season if they manage to improve on the storyline or whatever the the loophole or the confusion or the way they tell the whole story. If they manage to improve all of that, maybe I will give it a, a second chance. But if not, if not, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> stop wasting my time and I will watch um, Slime for the rest of my life. You know. <laughs> slime will be on we will probably be reviewing slime season two and shortly <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that needs to get reviewed but that's another day <laughs> so all right guys um thank you for listening that is the end of our review of onyx equinox uh so i hope you guys uh, enjoyed it as much as we did there is a big quote over there <laughs> um So, um, if you want to be a part of um, our Shitake Watch Together crew, uh, next week it will be my turn. So, next week we are going to watch um, Serial Experiment Lane. Oh, you bastard. No, I'm not. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. So we will watch that. So, you, you so can be a part much. of our Watch Together crew and watch with us. And um, <laughs> listen to our podcast next week and see if we are full of trash or we are just a good people doing good good stuff, you know, over here. Thank you so much. So, <laughs> so other than that, um, thank you for our special guest. Thank you for being here. It is nice to have you here, Natasha. So anything you want to plug for our audience out there? Um, not much. Uh, just on socials, I'm. It's Venom within her. Those are my screen names on every single platform, and I do some anime content stuff on TikTok. Uh, other than that, uh, great Bakugo cosplays. Yes, mm -hmm. go yes, for the Bakugo cosplay alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anything else you you want to plug before we go? Um. No, I mean the. I have pretty pretty basic anime interests, so it is all on there. Um, thank you guys for having me, though. I really appreciate it. And even if it was us dunking on this content, uh, I still really enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm mean, talking thank about you. it. Guys. Thank you for really being funny. our special guest for this week. You know. <laughs> yeah. 
we could have never get an input from you uh, from anyone else if if, if it, it is not for you you know because we know nothing about the culture and stuff yeah no oh, thank you guys so much yeah. yeah so um you can follow us uh, on our social media so so what is our social again Shannon? you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at shiitake podcast we also now have a facebook group just saying um yes. and then if you want to email us and go old school you can reach us at shiitake podcast at gmail.com yeah there you go so all right guys so um did you mention about about this uh to natasha Shannon? no i didn't mention this part i was gonna save and use it as a surprise i thought it'd be funny all right okay so let's end it like usual guys so uh we will say our catchphrase before we go all right natasha so okay. you better make one on the fly okay. <laughs> i'll go first oh. i'll go first so no, you go no 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 you go second man i go first don't be rude don't you be always rude go first. i no, always go first i always go first Yeah, but you're making me watch Serial Serial Experiment Lane, so I want to go to yeah. All right, all right, go on. Oh, I'm gonna rip you. I'm gonna rip you apart next week. You know that, right? <laughs> I know nothing about the show, so why you are angry oh, at me? Oh, bruh! Out of out of all the shows I've watched in my 35 years on this planet, Serial Lane is literally in my top five most hated anime of all time. Along I mean, with E the Metal Idol, does it top the one, the Dumpster Fire one? Yes. Oh really? Yes. Oh really? Now, because that oh. one was just stupid. This one is boring, stupid, and convoluted. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I better prepare to apologize to everyone now next week. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so back to the catchphrases. Okay. Even oh man. Even when trying to save humanity or de or destroying the gods, there's always time for Opai. No, I don't think so, man. <laughs> there's no time for there Opai. Was or there was an orgy. There was Opai. Get over it. <laughs> right. So you must know that whenever you were chased by the monster or being played by the god, just be safe out there and please don't die. And and Natasha, your catchphrase, please. Um. Oh man, I'm so bad with these. If you're fighting in a tree with all these freaking gods around you, maybe don't push someone and break their freaking leg. That was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Not good at catchy quips. I like it. I like it. No, that was good. All right. <laughs> Because literally, that's where our catchphrases came from. All of our catchphrases came from shows, except for Mateo, because he's stupid. So, <laughs> man, bro, Mateo's catchphrase. Right, so... No, you're not. So we are going to say shitake together. All right. So let's say it with me now. Um, shitake. Shitake. Shitake.